Hello and welcome to Optimal Living with Dr. Jeremy Spiegel. Optimal Living is brought to you by Cascobay Medical in beautiful downtown Portland, Maine. Optimal Living will bring you ideas and uh, tips to help you improve your one life on this planet. Today, my guest is my good friend, Florian Berkmeyer. Dr. Berkmeyer, MD, is a wounded healer and co-developer with his wife, Kathy Skipper, of Aromanosis, which synthesizes Jungian depth psychology and aromatherapy. Florian and Kathy have been practicing what they preach through a continual commitment to transform life's obstacles into opportunities for growth using aromas as living allies. They teach their approach all over the world as well as online. Florian, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. Uh, I, I should also note that I met Florian uh, over 30 years ago uh, as we were both undergraduates at Princeton. This was uh, in 1988 as freshmen. Um, now, right. yes, it's, it's been a while. So Florian, um, you, the, the one question that comes to me uh, immediately is, what does the psychiatrist Carl Jung and his psychology have anything to do with aromatherapy or uh, a sense or aromas? That's an excellent question, Jeremy. Thank you. Uh, well, I'm going to try and be focused here, but it does take a little bit of context. So Jung was very interested in the unconscious and both the individual unconscious as well as what he called the collective unconscious. And I think more and more people are aware of the collective unconscious you know, these these uh, forces that shape us, that manifest in different ways, that we encounter in different ways through projection, through our dreams. Um, and so the funny thing is Jung himself, I scoured his writings, he only mentioned a rather disturbing aroma of a haunted house once, but otherwise he was completely blind to the power of aroma, as far as I can tell. Mm -hmm. um, and him and Freud said that dreams are the royal road to the unconscious. But to me, really, aromas are the royal road to the unconscious. You know, we, we all have experiences where a smell gives us goosebumps or, you know, the, I guess the most beautiful example is Marcel Proust who eats a cookie you know, he's a writer in the 19th century, and the taste of the cookie, which is really the scent of the cookie, reminds him of a cookie he had when he was a little boy at his aunt's house, and then come this flood of memories that he wrote down in a 3,000-page book called uh, Remembrance of Things Past or In Search of Lost Time. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so what do Jung and Aroma have to do with each other? They're both, you know, Jung provides the framework and Aroma provides the the allies and the energy to deepen our relationship with the unconscious, to really learn how to collaborate with the unconscious. Yes, yes, I see. That makes sense. Um, now, you know, I've heard you call essential oils the molecules of connectedness. What, what, do, what do you mean by that exactly? Well, let me start with a question. It's like, why do we have a sense of smell? And just keep that question in mind. You know, I've been fascinated by neurotransmitter, these molecules we have in our head for a long time. Uh, why do we have dopamine? Why do we have serotonin? There's just sort of, you know, the question why. And 
what I realized is they were plant molecules for millions of years before they were in our brains and other mammalian brains. And on the one hand, you could say, well, why did that happen? Oh, evolution likes to recycle, uh, which, you know, is one argument. But it's, I actually think there's a deeper reason. And that is that, uh, and this was inspired by an idea, I'm a backyard beekeeper, and I was just fascinated by how bees and the plants that they pollinate communicate with each other. And when I looked into it, about 200 million years ago, flowering plants, you know, plants that evolved flowers to attract pollinators, co-evolved at the same time as pollinators, the most famous pollinators, of course, being bees, and there's other insects and critters. But the idea is that these plants figured out that by releasing these aromatic molecules, these molecules that travel through the air that the bees can smell and we can smell, they can get us, They can, the plant could get the bee to do its bidding, saying, hey, pollinate me. And if we expand that, if you look at the role of aroma in people's psychology, I think the plants really are constantly communicating with us. And so that's... Um, um, and you know when you when you work with aromas, you know if you if you're if you have a friend and you sh you say oh smell this perfume, you can't say to your client or your friend oh you smell this and I'm not going to smell it. As soon as there are smell molecules in the room, mm -hmm. they all touch us. And uh, with my work as a psychiatrist, I think the hardest or the, the the core symptom that many people suffer from is to feel cut off. You know, the, I work with a lot of clients with trauma and PTSD, and the word trauma literally means cut, and it comes from the Greek word, you know, for like a physical cut. But that cut is very important because trauma cuts us off from the people we love. It cuts us off from ourselves, from our spirituality, from our sense of being human. And what better way to heal that sense of being cut off than these molecules that the plants evolved millions of years ago to communicate across species, across kingdoms, and again, in a way that you cannot turn off. So that's why I call these aromatic molecules the molecules of connectedness, because they remind us that we're a part of this much larger spiritual ecosystem. I you see. know, people often say the brain's a computer, but the brain's really like a Wi-Fi network. You know, we're constantly in communication verbally, non-verbally, and aroma is actually a huge language of communication you know we're smelling things constantly and just to put things in perspective we have 900 genes in our genome that code for olfactory receptors and we have olfactory receptors in all of our every organ of our body and you know if just to oversimplify it if you imagine it every letter every olfactory receptor like a letter in imaginary alphabet and you had 900 letters imagine the poetry you could write hmm. if you had 900 letters in hmm. your alphabet hmm. that's beautiful when there is trauma something happens in the unconscious and then we might act out in a certain way or behave uh, differently for the entirety of our lives because of uh, some initial trauma what should everyone know about the unconscious well I think what everyone should know about the unconscious is that it can destroy you, which we see often in people who are severely traumatized and especially also in people struggling with addictions, or it can be the source of life. You know, uh, I've had many clients tell me, 
you know, clients with addiction issues, you know, I'm at the cash machine getting the money out to buy my drugs. And there's a part of me that's saying this is so stupid, but I can't stop myself. So people who struggle with substance abuse actually have this beginning of wisdom that they realize there's a force inside them, inside of all of us, that is much more powerful than the ego. And this force, again, it can either destroy us, or if we learn to get along with it, it gives us a much deeper sense of being alive. Uh, in a nutshell, I'd say it, it really feeds us uh, our personal myth. You know, I, I think the, 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 the greatest opportunity in life is to really be ourselves fully. And one way to look at that is like, what is my personal myth? What, what is my soul asking me to do in this life? And in a way, the soul is part of the unconscious or another name for it. So when we have a healthy relationship with the unconscious, it gives us that fulfilled life and if we don't have a healthy relationship with it, it will destroy us. Now, how does that uh, relate to the concept of individuation? I know Carl Jung uh, speaks about individuation or wholeness. Um, can you speak to that? Yes, thank you. It's an excellent question. You know, one thing that bugged me in medical school um, is that there really isn't a positive definition of health. In Western medicine, health is purely defined by the absence of disease, and that to me is a negative definition. And the opportunity, and you know, there's this apocryphal story about Freud where they once asked Freud, well, Dr. Freud, if I do all the psychoanalysis I can afford and I get all the help I can get, what's the best I can hope for? And Freud supposedly said, well, to be as normally miserable as everybody else. So again, it's kind of this absence of neurosis, absence of disease is the best we can hope for. What I like about Jung's view is that he coined this phrase individuation, which is the idea that our opportunity in this brief one life, as you said at the beginning, is to become more and more ourselves. And another way to say that is to develop the relationship with the ego, which is also called the self with a lowercase s, and the self with an uppercase S, which in the Hindu tradition is called the Atman, the divine self. So individuation is really a positive definition of health. It's something that uh, we can work on throughout our whole life to become more and more ourselves. And I've realized that the word individuation is, you know, sort of jargon. So I prefer to use the word personal myth, you know, and even that may be jargon. Mm -hmm. So the other a word to make it even more simple is what's your soul's purpose? You know, you get born and many people, you know, have great lives, but at some point they realize something's not right. You know, this is a good life, but this isn't my life. The same happened in my personal journey. And so when our soul comes calling and saying, you need to live your life, uh, we ignore that at our own peril. But if we listen to it, it becomes a lifelong journey that continues to be more and more fulfilling. And let me ask you, how might you then introduce aromas to this individual you're working with? And what is the best that I could hope to get out of this, your approach? Those are excellent questions. So I started when, with my work, I really focused on symptom relief. If someone had like a panic attack in the office, in my office, when they were recounting a trauma, and, you know, they start breathing hard and they get palpitations, I'd have them smell certain oils to calm them and bring them down back to reality from being really anxious or even dissociated. But then I realized that the right quality of essential oil can go much, much deeper. So there's an oil, uh, I'll just say it, it's, it's, a, it's an aromatic substance called labdanum. It was actually first made by the ancient Egyptians. And um, 
now there's an essential oil of it and it's uh, from a plant called cistus or rock rose that grows in the mediterranean and and this oil my wife and i call it the master of shadows in a supervised setting you know with a good therapist if you smell this aroma things will bubble up from your unconscious and you know the unconscious and that oil have a certain wisdom that you know they won't overwhelm you they won't give you more than you can handle but you'll understand you know, these unconscious connections. The other thing that a lot of people struggle with is being dissociated. You know, we all know dissociation as a result of overwhelming trauma. You know, people zone out and there's lost time. And nowadays, a lot of people live, you know, they use cell phones and their laptops to constantly stare at the screen and kind of it's like an electronic dissociation. Mm -hmm. And really healing and being present and individuating and living our personal myth requires us to be in our bodies and there's a number of oils that can really bring us in our body and ground us uh, one that i really like is vetiver and there's a particular form of vetiver called rucus that's from india and wild grown and it's an aromatic grass that has aromatic roots and it's actually used for erosion control so it really grounds people brings people into their body and that's a really important role of or an important prerequisite really for being ourselves um another oil i want to mention in this context um another aroma is um, um yarrow which is um, a plant that grows in the temperate climate and the oil is actually a beautiful blue oil and that's really good for the wound we actually call the plant yarrow the plant form of the wounded healer and it's really good for um healthy boundaries you know oftentimes people in the healing profession we take on a lot of other people's energies and really for anybody you know when we have all sorts of feelings and experiences sometimes we are feeling feelings that aren't even ours. So Yarrow is really good at establishing these boundaries um, and can okay. also, in addition to these healthy boundaries, teach us a lot more about our own wounds. Uh, one thing I want to mention in terms of what the oils do is there's, um, there's a, a, a network in the brain called the default mode network that is getting more and more attention. It's sort of the habitual, it's like when, when you're not doing anything particular, when you're driving, to work a road you've driven a hundred times you sort of go into the default mode network but the default mode network is also involved in very quick judgments and social judgments i think when you click on a facebook light it's actually you know you, you're sort of operating on the default mode network and i think with trauma people when you talk about these ruts people go into it again which i think are ruled by the default mode network and aromas there's actually two studies i found that aromas will disrupt the default mode network so that you're not in these ruts. So one thing is aromas can really disrupt these habitual, often traumatized patterns. And what's the best we can hope for? That uh, these oils can really help you live your personal myth, to be fully yourself, to be full of life energy, and, and to have a lifelong journey that you're looking forward to. Wow. Wow, that's uh, it's, it's fascinating. And it's particularly fascinating for me as a psychiatrist, because as a psychiatrist, whether uh, it's necessary or not, I'm often looked at as someone who is a supplier of medication, even though clearly I'm capable of, uh, of other things and other treatments and healing practices. Um, but here, look how different, I mean, this is what's fascinating to me. It seems that here you're using molecules in, in a way 
um, that's not altogether different from how we might use molecules uh, as uh, medicine. Um, but your molecules tend to be quite volatile. That is to say they're ephemeral or that they're more reflective of what life is actually, uh, this sort of uh, ephemeral moment to moment um, and uh, sensations and experiences uh, and also something that's quite primal. Um, we never talk about um, you know, that sense uh, of smell uh, when we're uh, talking about uh, all the things that psychiatrists tend to talk about uh, with their patients. Well, what you said is beautiful. It is, it, you know, life is very changing. You know, to be in the moment is really to sort of fall from one moment to the next moment. And, and you're right. And the other thing I love about these molecules, again, our brains evolved in a natural environment where these molecules were constantly talking to us. They're sort of our native language, if you will, even before we evolved uh, speech and written word. Florian, please tell us, say someone's interested in learning more about this, with you and with your wife, Kathy Skipper, or receiving some kind of treatment uh, from you? How, where would I direct somebody? I think the starting point is our website. And let me just say it, it's aromagnosis.com. So that's A-R-O-M-A-G-N-O-S-I-S.com aromanosis.com and at that website we have online classes we have a schedule of different live classes we're teaching uh, all over the u.s and internationally this year and we're scheduling more and more classes and we also offer individual consultations uh right now we're, we're really uh developing and uh, focusing on a on a on a consultation package that we call find your soul's purpose and we can do that both in the office here in new mexico but we've also done it literally all over the world online. So there are different ways to go deeper, the, the online classes, the live classes, and consultations with us. That's perfect. Dr. Florian Berkmeyer, thank you so much for spending time uh, with me today and uh, educating our listeners. Uh, this has been Optimal Living with Dr. Jeremy Spiegel, and thank you so much for listening. <laughs>